When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, 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 everybody. Once again, this is the Brown Sugar and Spice Show. Sorry for the minute delay. I want your host, VPDs. If you want to call up, 646-200-3462. Make sure you press that one button. And let me bring you the actual host on the line. We have Dr. Faye in the building. Dr. Faye, hello. Good good evening. Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to get my head bit off after the show, so I'm just letting y'all know. But Dr. Yes, Faye has, <laughs> has graciously, uh, you know what I'm saying, stuck by it. So, uh, brown sugar and spice, if y'all want to call up, 646-200-3462. Make sure you press that one button when you call up. And, of course, as we do it on Brown Sugar and Spice, Dr. Faye intros us in, so I'm going to give the floor to Dr. Faye. Thanks, Deezy. Thanks, Deezy. So, yeah, you guys know um, I've been promoting this show pretty heavily. Very excited about it tonight. One of my dear friends um, went to med school with her, very inspired by her story. You know, she was a young mother who beat the odds, you know, was fortunate enough to um, attend Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Then she went on to medical school as, you know, a non-traditional student and a mother of two uh, beautiful boys. And I was just always, you know, talking to her, very, very inspired by her story and also by the fact that, you know, I'm a physician and I often run into young ladies who ask me, you know, about my job, my duties, and my path to getting to where I am today. And then, I, you know, I try to encourage them, like, hey, you know, you can do the same thing, but then there's a but or a pause. And it's always like, oh, but I have a kid or I have a son or I'm a mom. And I really want to pull these, like, phenomenal moms out of my back pocket and be like, no, no, I know some young women who are mothers who defeat, defeated the odds despite, you know, what statistics say that, you know, teen mothers do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, you can do it, but it just sounds kind of unreal or not genuine coming from me when I don't, I haven't traveled that road. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the show, talking about, you know, parenthood, going back, pursuing your dreams, and, you know, just sticking to it regardless of what, you know, life throws at you. So it's going to be a good show. Looking forward to it. Man, when I – when I win my first Academy Award or whatever prestigious award that I'm going to win, <laughs> I need Dr. Faye to do my intro. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Word, word up. So kind of excited about this. So let me get this young lady on real quick. Give me one second. Man, we got the line split up tonight, so people forgive me. All right, there we go. So, without any further ado, we're going to bring on our guest of honor, Miss Dominique, in the building. Miss Dominique, are you there? What up? Yes, good evening, good evening. <laughs> How are you? I am great. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, she's from Detroit, so she's being very modest. What she really means is, what up, though? Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm from a yeah. little bit of everywhere. So, what up? Hey, <laughs> how you doing? Hey, shouty. So she she's from the gangster part of uh, the world in Detroit. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm I'm pretty sure she can handle a few questions. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you for coming on. 
Thank you for having me. I, I'm humbled, and thank you so much for the uh, great introduction. Um, it's truly right. humbling. <laughs> Word. So uh, I guess I'll kick the questions off first. So uh, you say you're from a little bit of everywhere. So tell the people where you've been or where you have Ooh. traveled. <laughs> Ooh, uh, bullet points. All right, point two five bullet points. Here we go. <laughs> Um, I was uh, born in um, Wisconsin, lived there like a week of my life. My mother was in the military. My dad's from Trinidad. My mom's from New Orleans. Um, Moved from, lived in uh, Oklahoma where my mom was stationed at for a little bit. Um, Then was in Detroit for a lot of time with my grandmother. Um, Lived with my grandmother for a little while. Um, and moved back and forth between Detroit, um, New Orleans. I lived in um, I lived in Trinidad when I was little. Um, I lived in San Antonio, Texas. I lived in Atlanta, which is I guess you could say I've been the longest so far. I lived in South Carolina. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Detroit. I lived in Baltimore. I lived in D.C. Uh, and I, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but that's the bullet points. <laughs> Yes, so, a little I mean, bit of, let's just what, say it was a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, so what, I mean, what what type of cultures, I mean, as far as being in those, because you named some some places like Brooklyn and, and uh, Troy and, and your mom's from Trinidad. So, I mean, what have you picked up from different areas, you know, to help mold you into Dominique? Um, I can honestly say out of all of the places that I've been, I kind of learned struggle. Um, A Mm. lot of the different places that I went, I kind of put myself into some really bad situations. As uh, uh, Ms. Faye uh, said, I I kind of went through some things, you know, in and out of jail and, and, uh, you know, gangs and fighting and, and drugs and from place to place to place, and um, in those places, I just learned different parts of struggle that kind of taught me a way of um, of being able to face adversity in a different way. You know. Mm, okay. That that's. I'm glad you brought up those multiple points because, you know, hearing that hearing that coming from you, once again, I am completely amazed and at all at your tenacity. But what? How I guess how am I gonna say this? So, um, amongst all of that that you went through, how did you manage to stay focused? Because I see so many people who fall by the wayside, who aren't able to harness this type of tenacity or channel their energy into something positive to move forward to provide for their kids. So, how are you able to, you know, stay focused amongst the chaos? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. I wasn't. I didn't get focused until I want to say recently, um, within the last decade, where I was like, you know what, um, I was just tired of it. I mean, when you get locked up for stupid stuff, fighting, and you get locked up for this, that, and you get in all these situations, eventually you get to a point when you're 30 years old and you're like, what the heck? Oh, my gosh, I'm so sick of this. You get tired of the same cycle same cycle, same thing. And it wasn't until afterwards I was like, all right, I got to think of something. I I, got to focus on something. 
And because of the the work that I was doing, because, you know, in in my past, I ended up joining the military. That's something else that I did. I got thrown into radiology um, as an x-ray tech. And that right there kind of, I guess you could say that that is what eventually brought me focus. It took 15 years, you know. It took me some years, but it, it, it... eventually I got focused. But through all of that, I wasn't focused. It was just like, I, right, you know, I'm doing this right now. All right, I made it through this right here. Oh, okay, well, I'm taking care of my child. Here we go. Oh, that's okay right now. And, and, and I was so focused on right now. And something eventually I was like, oh, I had to stop being focused on right now and began being focused on what's next. So no. did you have a mentor that helped you to, like, change your mindset and shift, you know, your, your point of views and how you view the world, or it just was like an epiphany, like a light bulb went off. It, I want to say it wasn't just like a light bulb, but it was like a process. Um, I have noticed that, like I said, I was, a, um, been a, was an x-ray tech and I noticed that I liked taking pictures. I liked helping people from that Avenue. Eventually I noticed as radiology changed and became more of a button pushing type thing. I began asking more questions that a lot of my coworkers weren't asking. One day I walk into a reading room and a radiologist actually sat with me and showed me some things. And so it was kind of a, a process that I realized I was like, yo, I actually, I like this. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, again, through all of that, I'm still doing stupid stuff now. But it was more of a process. I, ne- I wouldn't necessarily say I had a mentor. I think it's people influenced me without realizing they influenced me and without me realizing that they were influencing me, you know? Mm. So it wasn't until, like, I want to say just through it, it was just gradual, you know, kind of like a drop of uh, water in the bucket. It was gradual. Mm. Cool, cool. Now, you said that, that, you know, it took you a minute to stop Mm -hmm. doing stupid stuff. Now, again, you know, I like to uh, come from an ignorant standpoint. Uh, When... At what point did you feel like it was a wrap? Because, you know, it's, it's some people out here that, that's probably like, well, I, I'm too deep in or I can't make a change. It's too late for me. I'm too old for this. At what point were you just like, you know, I, I'm stuck. There's, there's no way that I can get out of this out of this lifestyle that I'm leading. And how did you, want- how did you turn it around? Uh, I want to say I never thought that. Uh, my oldest son, mm-hmm. um, who will actually be 18 in um, in a couple weeks, in about two weeks, um, mm-hmm. he I call him my savior. I got pregnant with him at 15, had him at 16. The time, that time from the age of 11 to 15, when I say off the chain, off the chain, my son was my savior, saved me from myself. That actually gave me a reason to kind of make sort of grown-up decision, sort of, because I was still doing mm. stupid stuff. Eventually down the mm. line, my youngest son, I, I want to say my youngest son kind of further solidified patience and kind of getting me a little bit more focused. Um, well, not necessarily focused, but getting me to look at things differently because my youngest son, um, who will be 11 in a couple weeks, he has cerebral palsy. And being, oh, uh, wow. and I was a single I was a single parent with him, and while I was kind of going through this process, still doing stupid stuff when he was little, around the same time he had gotten diagnosed with cerebral palsy, he was about the age of two, three years old. And when you are doing stupid stuff, you got a child that got to go to therapy three days a week. 
you know, I lost a job, a full-time job, because they wouldn't let me off to um, take him to his appointments. Um, I mean, when you start getting all these things on you, after a while, you know, you get that the effort in you. I, I got the effort in me, and it was like it, it it was like all right, you know what? I can't pay my bills. I even had a point where I lost my job, where I didn't couldn't pay my bills, and the car was about to get uh, repoed, and and couldn't do anything. I was like, you know what? F it. I'm just about to take my child to therapy. I'm just going to do this. And so it wasn't, I, I never really had a point where I was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't put my, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. There were times where I was just like, yeah, uh, I'm about to go, you know, run off with my homies and do stupid stuff. But I never said that, I can honestly say I never really said that uh, I'm stuck, you know. I always, I was going to find another way, like a hustler. I'm going to find another way. Right. Okay. So when when your when your son was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, and you decided you you felt to a point where you were just like, okay, I'm gonna find another what another way. You fell into uh you you I know you said the story about radiology and you know you like taking pictures. What made you decide okay I'm gonna go ahead and pursue this full time. I know it's going to be a little bit of a road, you know, and I might need quick money or I might need to go get my hustle or whatever, but I got to do this because this seems like it's going to be the best route for me. I I never thought that. (laughs) This is crazy. Like, (laughs) I never really thought, look, I never really thought it out. You know, that whole thing, let go, let God, people overthink things. I literally was like, okay, I really mm-hmm. like this. I've been taking X-rays a long time. Radiology has changed, like I said, it's changed into some some into a field where now people are straight up button pushers. They don't think, and I'm getting frustrated with my job. I it I was just like, you know what? I really like this. I think I'm gonna do this. And then when it came to money, it was like, oh shoot, I'm already in debt, and at least I know if I go to school, then I don't have to pay them student loans back immediately, and that's just being real. And then after a while, it was like, okay, this is the amount of debt that I might get. And um, I was like, well, shoot, people go in debt for houses. They go in debt for cars. They make excuses about, oh, I can't do this because they're kids. Nah, you know, I never really, I I, I just, I never really thought it out. All I knew was like, okay, let me go ahead. And I had a GED um, at that time when I first started this whole path. And this was January 2009 when I started that film. And I, I, I kind of didn't fully understand the path. I looked a couple things up, and all I knew was I just wanted to look at pictures. You know, I, I didn't think overthink it, and, and I wasn't going to let anything kind of um, keep me from, you know, like just looking at pictures. I, I mean, I just, radiology is dope as crap to me, you know? So, so Don, let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back into time, if you can recall, you know, um, 15, 16 year old Dominique. So, okay, you're 15 years old, and your pregnancy test reads positive. Do you remember what was going through your head at that time? Ooh, so the story about me finding out I was pregnant, and if my mom is listening to this, <laughs> so what happened was. <laughs> My behind was pregnant. I snuck out the house. My mom was stationed overseas, and I just moved back from. Um, I got. I was living with an uncle of mine in Texas. Got kicked out the house because doing stupid stuff. Went back and was living with a stepdad. 
snuck out the house, and he ended up catching me when I was out the house. So they take me to the hospital. My mom's pissed, absolutely pissed. She tells them to do all types of tests on me. Apparently, I was pregnant, and that's what my mama told me. So the first thing I thought was like, oh, okay, because, I mean, honestly, I wanted to be pregnant. And I'm not even going to lie. At that point in my life, like, I was lost. I, I was dysfunctional. And I felt at that at that time in my life, I felt like nothing and, like, I, I didn't have anyone who really loved me at that time in my life. And I wanted anything to love me. And I wanted to be pregnant. So I can say I was living that way. So it wasn't a disappointment. It was more like, huh, okay, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Okay, so let me ask you this. So now looking back retrospectively, you know, your oldest is about to be 18. Mm -hmm. Um, If you you knew then what you know now, would you think you would still feel the same way? Uh, That's kind of hard to say. Only if I knew, I wouldn't change anything. And I don't know if I could necessarily say that I would feel the same way. But I wouldn't change anything at all. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Spelman and I'm going to enroll in med school. But yet I have two boys who need me. So what was your thought process of, A, determining where you're going to go to med school, and did you feel any parental guilt of having to, you know, sacrifice and leave your two children behind to pursue your dreams and a better life for them? Like, what was going on through your head? Um, well, going, going, to, going to school, you know, I had them, and I kind of took it one day at a time. But when I chose MUSC, um, MUSC was actually the hospital that I gave birth to my oldest son in. Um, I was in a group home in Charleston, South Carolina, um, called Florence Crittenton. It was a home for unwed mothers. It was kids there when I was there, girls from the age of 11 on up to grown women in their 40s. Um, And I actually gave birth to Ryan at MUSC. So I kind of had, I'm not from South Carolina, not from Charleston, but that's where that group home was. Um, And I kind of had a relationship with MUSC. When I uh, went to Spelman, um, I, you know, they had a relationship with MUSC also. So I think God kind of pulled me that way. Now, as far as the guilt thing, oh, yes, every single day. I can't tell you how many times before, if I honestly, I believe that if I had not gotten accepted to med school, accepted to med school, I would have continued to work because I beat myself up even now. I know I'm doing something phenomenal, but I cannot help but know that I'm missing out on my kids. Um, It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do, the fact that you don't realize how much of yourself is your kids until you don't have your kids, and you want Mm -hmm. anything and everything to have them there. It's one thing to talk to them, but um, it's another thing to actually have them there. So Mm -hmm. it's it's something I think about a lot, and um, and. I even talked to, um, I was a chemistry major at Spelman, and I even talked to, like, the chair of the chemistry department. I was telling her about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about just not applying because I can get my Ph.D. I was in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. I was like, yeah, I can get my Ph.D. Um, and whatever in chemistry, not have to pay anything, and I can still be here for my kids. And she was like, no, you better not. 
And then when I told my mom, I was like, Ma, you know, maybe I should. My mom was like, you better not. You going to go to med school all this sacrifice. <laughs> 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 so, my baby yeah, don't be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, but it's, it's I, I think about it a lot, but I know it's for the right thing. And I know my boys are watching. My, I'm going to have some powerful black men. I mean, my 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 oldest is already powerful, and he's about to be 18. He's already doing big things. So I know I did the right thing, but it's something that sometimes I just, you know, I just can't help but be like, ugh, I miss my baby. You know? Let me let me ask you this. So your oldest is 18. Does does he understand the the significance of your sacrifice of being away from them? You know, as oh, he's yeah. going through high school, does he understand what it is you're trying to do? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, he does. Even my 11 year old, they they both thoroughly understand. I think TJ is my youngest. He really understands because he has cerebral palsy. He understands what doctors do and this, that, and the other. So he's he's like, oh yeah, you're my favorite doctor. And then my oldest is, you know, he he has made comments to me when he's in high school saying, you know, when he talks about math being difficult, he's like, ah, well, it's okay, mommy, if you can do what I can, you know. So I know they understand. Right. (laughs) Girl, believe me, the tear that came came down my eye at that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so great. (laughs) Yeah. Let me ask you, so, of course, I've I've been in med school. And, okay, so you're balancing multiple things. You got crazy coursework, and, you know, you have – you still parenting from a distance. Mm-hmm. So do you have a love life? <laughs> or are you able to? Uh, let's say I've, I tried at first. Um, I'll try, <laughs> but being older than – I want to say 85, 90% of my classmates. It doesn't tend to go that way, and I'm a little rough around the edges compared to some of my colleagues. So I tend to, I don't know, I guess, I, and I'm a homebody. I don't really, all that crazy stuff running in the streets I used to do, I don't do now. Like, I really don't drink much. Um, that was then. I um, So, I mean, I guess you could say I have a love life now, um, but then it was kind of, uh it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, it, it's, let's just say when you're it grown, it's it's a little bit different there in in this school, being a minority at least. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, this is Ron Sugar Spice. If y'all want to call up six four six two zero zero three four six two, make sure you press that one button when you call up. Um, I had a question. So, you know, listening to you talk, I can tell like you have that hustle, hustler's mentality. You ha- you have that hustler's mentality. You have that go get it attitude. You know, and you've experienced, you know, the street life as well, especially with some of the places you've named. So, is it was it difficult? I, I guess it wasn't difficult. That's not really what I'm trying to say. How was it? How is it? And how was it making sure, like your sons, never had to, you know, experience that side of you or see that side of you as you're making the transition from, you know, that hustler street mentality to, you know, okay, well, I, I need to, I'm gonna be a, I'm going to med school, I'm doing, I'm trying to be this. 
Um, I'll say um, I'm not gonna say they didn't they didn't see anything at all. My oldest he he knows don't don't play with me. He's seen me nut up like my child has seen me act a fool, unfortunately, <laughs> and I'm not proud to say that, but he already know what's up. Um, my youngest, uh, you know, not not so much, but um, I'll say my mom. You know, me and my mom, like, when I was younger, her and I, you know, we weren't close, none of that. I was close to my grandmother, but my mom now has done so much and, and kind of helped my children kind of stay stay away and, and have a better type of, uh, a better life overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say my mom kind of did help me with that. You know, my mom's a powerful woman. Oh, my gosh. Like, my mom is the kind of woman, she walked into a room, and, and it's like, you, you immediately know, oh, man, this is powerful woman. Let, let me, like, for real. Like, she's off the chain, powerful. So I just, like, she kind of, kind of, she demands certain things and, and has certain, have my children in um, a certain way and in a certain capacity to keep them away from some of the same experiences. Again, a lot of things in my past were things and places that I put myself in, you know, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of disorder. And uh, But now my kids kind of have those opportunities because of my mother. Do you worry okay. about that, though? Do you worry about your, your son or, or your sons, rather, picking up on some of the stuff that you did and, you know, not not ruining their future, but kind of making it stagnant a little bit. Oh, look, I, I'm going to be real with you, and somebody hearing, and everybody else may think this is crazy for saying this, but he put himself in that situation. I, I love my child to death, and I'm going to do everything to tell him and show him, but he understands mm-hmm. that the decisions that he makes now are going to put him in a bad place if he makes a bad one. That ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, he puts mm. himself in that position. Hey, go ahead, brother. You already know. I told you what I've been through. You see what I've been through. His his my um his biological just got out of prison, being in prison for twelve years. You know, he sees wow. between me and and his dad. You know, like nah. You if if you put yourself in that position, then then that's you. You know, you can lead a horse mm-hmm. to water, but you can't force it to drink. And no, I don't right. want him to do these things. And but I'm sure as heck am not going to stress myself out because I know what I did. I know the the mind state that I did and everything that I put myself through. You you know. Mm-hmm. And if he chooses, he, if he blatantly understands the consequences and blatantly puts himself in that situation, then a that's just a lesson he's gonna have to learn. You know, I'm, right. I'm I'm always gonna love him and be there for him. But a man has to make mistakes on his own. He may only be 18, and he but and he's not a grown man. But a man has to learn to be a man. You know, and right. that's something I can't mm-hmm. teach him. And at this point, even though he has influential men in his life, there are things right now at this point he's gonna be teaching himself. I can only be there and be mm-hmm. like, hey, baby, maybe you shouldn't do this because this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> Correct. Right, right. Okay. So now let me let me ask you. So you touched on that the fact that, you know, you're a little bit older than your classmates. Um, and you know, you say you're rough around the edges. So and, you know, most people would classify you say, Oh, you know, she's just a baby mama. So do you feel like your colleagues respond to you differently? Because A, your perception is that she's rough around the edges. B 
that, oh, she has two kids by two different guys, and that's not the normal trajectory to med school. Do you do you feel like, you know, you are met with aggressive condescension in how they relate to you? No, not at all. Oh, no, not at all. I think um, at least I, I interact with mostly the minority students, um, and I guess because MUSC is really my first time being around so many non-minority people, um, but mm-hmm. the my, a lot of my colleagues, as far as the minorities, the the way they do respect me, and um, the 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 way that a lot do come to me for advice because of things that I have experienced um, is actually it's just it's humbling, you know. Um, and so I I haven't received any aggressive type approach, um, but. I can, I can tell, like when I was at Spelman, it was different because these were little girls, you know, most of them, I'm 30 years old and they 18, 17, 18 years old. But here it's, it's a little bit different. You know, they're, they, I, I see the, um, you know, they, they, I learned from them, they learned from me type stuff, you know? So I can I say I haven't forgotten that. Not at MUSC. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you this. Excuse me. So, what advice would you give, uh, say, uh, a young lady that's 15 and she's pregnant, or a young man that that got a girl pregnant? What what advice would you give the youngins out there on the steps they need to take to ensure that they're still going to be successful? And you know, you know how society is. Some people in society will say, oh, well, he's a statistic, he's not going to be anything, or she's not going to be anything. What advice and what encouragement would you give these individuals that might be listening or going through it? I'd say, number one, it's okay to be a statistic. <laughs> I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that, right. for real, for real. Um, number one. And number two, there are certain things that you have to take out of your vocabulary. What you say is what can be manifested in in. And if you say, I can't, then you won't. If you say, I'm just going to try, then that's all you're going to do. You're not going to do. Take it one day at a time. Even though you don't know how you're going to pay that bill or how you're going to feed this child or get this man, you know what, don't even think about tomorrow. Just worry about today. It's one day, one hour, one minute, one second. It's never too late to be who you're destined to be. So don't worry about tomorrow if you can just try to make it through today. So it's just stay focused. You know, it's if you got to provide for someone, then provide. But that doesn't mean that your dreams are blown up. Nothing ever happens the way we want them. They happen the way they're supposed to. And I can promise the more you go through when you get down to something like this, like being a freaking doctor, it's a, it's a little bit easier to endure the adversity when you've been through a lot. Word up. Uh, well, I mean, man, I I, I gotta say, <laughs> you you I can tell that you got that the hustler's mentality, but it's great to see also that you know you hustle in a, in a successful way as well. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if I would have the patience to do what you did. <laughs> I'll be on, I'll be honest. Um, I got one caller real quick that I wanted to put on real quick. Uh, if you guys don't mind, before we get ready to wrap the show up, let me mm-hmm. get to the caller. They're calling in from a nine one seven area code. 
Caller, you are on the line. This is the Brown Sugar and Spice Show. Caller. Hello. Um, I'm Hello. sorry, I can't really hear that well. But um, okay. my name is Margaret, and I know Dominique. She is my Spellman sister. How hey. are you? Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to call in and let you know that I am so proud of you, and you are such an inspiration to me, and I would not miss this for anything in the world. Oh, thank wow. you so much. Yes, I love my sisters. Thank you so yes. much. You and the babies. <laughs> they're, they're good. I, I came back, and, and I was like, where is Dominique? And I was like, I yes. don't know where she is. And there's another one who is who needs to be on the show too. Who is that? No, oh, I with... do know who this is. <laughs> In my head now. Yeah, she's phenomenal too. She actually had. Didn't you have twins? I did have twins. Yeah, so she <laughs> had twins in med school. Yes. yes. Three, right. three. Moms babies. do amazing things. <laughs> Moms right. do amazing things. That's all I can say. Yeah, I need Thank to add you. down to my entourage. Y'all just talk so positive about each other. I need to be around all this positivity. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you, Margaret, for calling in and giving those encouraging words. Oh, that was so dope. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Hi, I love you. I love you, Dominique. Continue to be great. I can't wait to see you when you get back. I will see you next week. Oh, awesome! Awesome, dude. <laughs> Murdered up. So, okay, well, well, Dominic, I mean, you just got all the everybody got all these beautiful words for you. Okay, all right, well, I hear you. So that is good, can you, man. Can you tell the people, I mean, that that want to follow you, or if you have any social media or anything that they can hit you up on, maybe ask you some questions just in case they want to. Actually, some personal stuff they might be afraid to ask. Um, I guess the best way that somebody could get in contact with me is um, you can go on Facebook at um, search under Dominique uh, Simone, and that's D O M N I Q U E S I M O N E, or you can reach me at my email at n. E W A L L O, the number one at hotmail dot com, and that's Nualo one at hotmail dot com. I have a funny last name, so. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Well, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you so much for calling up, and I'm, don't be a stranger to the show. Come back anytime. Oh, thank you guys for having me again. It's humbling. Um, I mean. If you, whenever you want me, just holler at me. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Word right, up. right. <laughs> yeah, that was Dominique. Dominique, I'm sorry. Dominique, uh, talking about her team mom, um, being a team mom, um, being successful throughout all that. Man, that was, that was a dope interview, man. Like, like it, it's encouraging to to hear, you know, somebody that can go through struggles and still come out on top. Uh, but, I mean, it's Dr. Faye's moment of the show. So, uh, Dr. Faye, I'm going to let you have the floor with your final thoughts. I was gonna say, I love her. I simply love her. I love her story. I love her tenacity. I love her passion. And I just like the fact that she just keeps it 100. 
and not 100. I said 100, and I purposefully yeah. pronounced it that way. Um, but she's a, she's yeah. a great person. She's a beautiful person inside and out. You know, you see her. She's mm-hmm. a drop-dead gorgeous woman. Um, and I always like to, you know, I hear different stories. I like to talk to people and, you know, just see where they've been. And hopefully they will inspire the next generation, maybe facing those same struggles or feats. To be like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. this is the hand I was dealt but that's not exactly how I'm going to play it. I'm going to play win, and that's just how the positivity and confidence that she exudes when anyone speaks to her, and her personality is just so infectious. So I'm just really happy to have her on the show. I was very happy to, um, that Margaret called in. She's another phenomenal black woman, you know. She's a mother coming uh-huh. in. She had twins as well. So, you know, you see these black women and, you know, they're, be, they're able to be moms and they're able to, you know, pursue their careers. And I don't, I don't have children just yet, but I'm always inspired. There's always someone else to even in, inspire me. And hopefully I can inspire someone else and we can continue to pay it for it. So that was the show. Lord. And I hope, you know, all the listeners out there, you know, got something out of it. Whatever it is you're going through, hey, you can get through it. If, if there is something you really, really want to do. Word up. Man, y'all make sure y'all follow this this young lady, Dominique. And you know what I'm saying? Y'all make sure y'all follow this host right here, Miss Miss Janice. I mean Miss Doctor Faye. I'm sorry. Doctor Faye. You know what I mean? Just use my name. Just use my name. Use the government. You know, G U B the government. I use the government name. Um make sure y'all follow her, man. Her show is picking up traction. You know, we get listeners and listeners. She's inspiring the world, people. Speaking of following her, Dr. Faye, would you like to give out your follow information for your your growing fan base? Absolutely. So I can be found under Facebook as Janice Faye. I'm also on IG. That's L-D-Y, Superfly, with an E, not an A. And I'm also on Twitter under the same name, L-D-Y, Superfly. Um, I always post the flyers, promotional flyers, try to do the show. You know, I'm a busy resident, so I try to do the show at least twice a month. Um, so, but Dominique just wrapped up, a, you know, a great first season, our pilot season for Brown Sugar and Spice. Got some very, you know, tough interviews coming up um, and intriguing interviews coming up in the fall, trying to do a relationship segment. You know, we're going to talk politics. We're going to talk education. So a lot of good things coming up in the works. So stay tuned um, if you really enjoy the show. Um, also, if you know anyone who's, you know, doing well or just you feel like that's being inspired, please reach out to um Brown Sugar and Spice email. It's bss.blogradio at gmail.com. Just, you know, shoot me an email. Let me know. Give me their contact information. I would love to have them on the show. Tell their story. You know, share it to the world. Don't be a stranger. Word up. And that's what it is, people. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to outro this show. Y'all make sure y'all stay tuned for the second season of Brown Sugar and Spice with Dr. Faye and easy and we'll see y'all next time peace
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.